welcome to the Uncapped Podcast, brought to you by Idiom Brewing Company in Frederick, Maryland. Hey everyone, I'm your host Chris Sands, and today I am joined by Garrett Chambers, the one of the founders of Kushwa Brewing Company. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks for having me. What what were we going to talk about? I don't know, man. <laughs> Whatever you want to talk about. You're well, the guy. All, I mean, lots, lots, lot has happened since the last time we talked. Uh, you opened your tap room, which I think we thought was going to be sooner. <laughs> Uh, than it ended up being from the last time we talked. So I, I, I think though pretty much everything you said was going to happen with it is what, how it opened and how. So how I guess how's that going? And do you want to describe what's going on in Colombia? Yeah, um, yeah. I don't. It's funny because I don't actually remember what our first anticipated opening date was, but I know it's months and months ago. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's just that's. This anything like this just drags because you, there's unforeseen things and um, hiccups and you know whatever, and just so many of them too. Right, like there, there's so many opportunities for a delay. Right. Well, and the thing is, like one thing could affect everything after it, and then it's just a cascade effect, you know. So, um, you know, we just we just hit a couple things, and it, it honestly we we never really ran into any big hurdles. It was. Um, Things like the fire suppression system in the hood in the kitchen wasn't up to date, and we didn't know that. We had it looked at before we took the place on, and the people that inspected was like, "Yeah, it's fine," um, but then it wasn't fine, and you know that tacked on a couple of weeks, and you know it's it, it wasn't even a huge thing. It just we needed to get someone in there, yeah. and people are busy, so um, yeah. So uh, we we call it Kushwa uh, Rad Pies Tap Room, and uh, everything that we kind of planned is playing out like you said. Uh, so we're fully open now. Um, we, I guess have been open. We opened the week before Thanksgiving. So two ish months. Um, and, uh, things are going really well. I mean, um, we haven't really, other than just social media stuff, we haven't really like done any advertising or let, you know, people know that it's even there, but, I think because it was Frisco's before, it's already seen as a brewery slash drinking yeah. establishment. And a lot of the people that are coming are people that were, are, were already going to Frisco's. Um, we actually have a couple of the um, ex-Frisco bartenders working for us. Um, and they kind of have their own clientele and things like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, we we hired a GM down there and that guy's kicking ass. Um I don't know, you know, Rad Paws is testing out some new stuff that they don't have in Williamsport and, um, that's going really well. Uh, so, so far so good. You know, the, our, our crew down there is, um, doing great. How, how is Columbia as like a beer destination? It seems like a weird town, like someplace you would mm-hmm. expect to be really, really good for it. But then I've heard that it isn't always necessarily like it, I don't have a good read on Columbia overall two months. So it's yeah. So as far as like past performance goes, we don't have anything to benchmark it on. Um, I mean, I do know like the other breweries that are down there and close by do really well. A black flag's very close to us. I mean, they, yeah, it's right down. What? Like half a mile maybe or so. Yeah. It's, it's uh, stones throw. Where, where's their new location? In comparison, is mm. it close, close to the original or is it, it, 
I forget the town that it's in, but it's it's closer to seventy. Like when okay. you get off seventy and head south to go down to Columbia, it's it's in a town that's that's right near where you get off. So um, kind of like between Columbia and seventy. Like, I think so. Okay. Um, I yeah, don't want to. I don't want to misstate it, but yeah. it's. I just I never know. Googled where it was. Yeah, I feel like it's it's twenty ish minutes away from from where we are. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm told it's a good spot. Uh, I don't. As silly as it sounds, I just I don't know Columbia very well. Um, Scott uh, is is taking care of running Columbia overall, um, and he's a lot more familiar with it um, than I am. Um, I mean, I've been through there, um, you know, and like brewed with some of the, the other breweries there. Um, I know like Crooked Crab's not in Columbia, but it's Columbia adjacent. You yeah. know, I think they're like twenty ish minutes from where we are. I think maybe I don't know. I I have even though I've been there so many times, mm-hmm. I have a completely wrong sense of how far Odenton is away. Like it's way further away than it is in my mind. Right. Like every time I go to go there, I'm like, that's gonna take way longer to get there than I thought. Mm-hmm. But then I also have the same problem with Columbia. Like it's actually pretty not particularly close to here. Yeah. No, well <laughs> So Sam, you're I mean, right, it's probably it probably is like right around a half hour from Columbia. Yeah, it's not too it's not too far. I mean, if you if you dropped me in Columbia and took my GPS away, I don't, I don't like I don't know how I'd get out of there. Um, well, I definitely wouldn't be able to. <laughs> just, it's and it's very busy and there's lots of people and um it just I I have a pretty good sense of direction, but Columbia is um it's a little confusing for me. Marriott'sville, Maryland. What is that? That's where the Black Flag okay. Social House is going to be. Got it. That doesn't help me though, because I've never heard of Marriott'sville. No, and honestly, I I thought it was some other place, but I'm pretty sure it is right up near seventy. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, as as far as like being down there, you asked about destination. I don't know. You know, I I would think so. I mean, we're you know very close to Baltimore and DC. It's just north of seventy. Okay, but it it does look like it's very close to it. Okay. Um. I think there's some sort of a track, like a big golf club or yeah, something like, like that. Yeah, there was a yeah. one there. I already closed the window, so I can't say for sure. Um, um, but yeah, I, th- I think, I, you know, I, uh, I do Turf think... Valley Resort. Yes, that's what it is. Yep. I don't know anything about that, but apparently it's a, you know, it's a place that is People popular. Go. Yeah. <laughs> so. it's, it's a place that exists. <laughs> <laughs> so that's cool. Uh, so they're far enough away that uh, you guys don't have to have like fights over pizza since that's a, a from, big from big, home base. Like no, uh, oh, the, from the, the, yeah. their new spot because I believe pizza is a big part of theirs. So, like the Rad Pies people and mm-hmm. the uh, the uh, social house people don't need to have like a West Side Story moment. It's exactly like that. We have, <laughs> we have dance fights. There's there's a knife section. And a, yeah bloody no or a uh, brass knuckle section um yeah i i mean as as with most people in the industry we we get along with everybody yeah. and you know we we know the black flag crew and i i don't know we we all we all get along just fine so i you know we we want everyone to do well and when we opened in columbia everybody was super welcoming um we brewed a beer with black flag they invited us to do that um and also with Sapwood, you know, they invited us to do that to basically like announce our presence. So, um, obviously we appreciate that and we've known all those people for years and, um, 
you know, everybody, as I think we've always said, sees it as a one more quality place brings, you know, gives people just another reason to come. Yeah. It might add a little, a little bit of competition for the local regulars, but even then that kind of almost sorts out like the, every place, no matter what they try to do ends up with their own kind of crowd. Yeah, absolutely. That that becomes like where that group goes to. And then when you just lump a bunch more together, then you, you're, have a much higher probability of people traveling from out, out of the area to yeah. Yeah. make it more of a destination. Yeah, for sure. Um, when you, you know, if, if there's lots of cool things in one spot, it gives people incentive to, to go there and spend a day. Or and it makes whatever. everything as an aggregate seem a lot cooler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Um, and that's what I was saying earlier about coming to Frederick for food. You know, you guys have all these great options. So, when we come, we rarely eat in the same place just because we want to get yeah. around and try different things. Um, but yeah, I think I think as far as locals go, you're always going to find that um, there are certain people that prefer certain breweries and things, and there's a lot of crossover. So the you're not doing any brewing there, though, right? That's strictly a, a tap room. Right. Yeah, we, <clears throat> we looked into putting a small system down there, but, um, our Williamsport spot is so big. You know, we have a lot of space there. We have, we have more room for capacity than we're ever going to use. And it just didn't make any sense yeah, to be stupid to make right. the capital. Yeah. It, Cause I actually, I mean, do people even care anymore? Like, to, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think they care as much as they I, used to. I mean, there's certain people that really want to like see the tanks and stuff yeah. like that, which I get. I mean, it, it definitely adds something, but I think we're past the point yeah, of, it, of, you know, it, it being like a turnoff if they can't see stainless. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, I think that was more of a time frame when a craft craft breweries weren't so synonymous with an area, right? Like where it was a new thing right. now like you know like i like kushwa beer i don't care if it's brewed here exactly. it's brewed it's still brewed in maryland yeah. this place is owned and operated by kushwa right and i know what i'm gonna get i think you've you know i i agree with that and i think i think the other thing that has added to that is you know in the last few years so like during covid and then things stuck post covid there's there have been there's been a huge shift in um, spending and drinking behavior. And, you know, as, as we've all seen, uh, RTDs have been huge. Seltzer was huge. And I mean, it, it's still very big. It's declined a little bit, but it's still a big category. Yeah. Uh, non-alcoholic stuff is, is a big deal. <clears throat> you know, breweries started selling wine and other things just because obviously we, you know, through the tough times of COVID, we kind of needed to capture any sales that we could. So all that's just kind of stuck. And now, not obviously not every, every brewery is doing that, but when most are, I would say most that can are. And so you, when you go in, it's not just that beer, you've got all this other stuff. So I think it for, for better, or for worse, kind of muddies the waters and it takes away that like hardcore brewery experience, um, which is, yeah. which is, you know, arguably not a bad thing, but I think that's, that's kind of pulled things in the direction of not needing to have tanks there. Yeah, I mean that makes sense. I also just think like that maybe the 
for the general population, the novelty of that is kind of worn off. Right. Like, yep. So it's just not, unless, unless you're doing just something so outside of the norm, yep. like it's not as much of a draw as it used to be to Absolutely. see all the tanks and stuff. Yeah, I agree. Uh, are you doing, I would assume you're doing cocktails and mm-hmm. wine and all of that at the, yeah. at the Columbia tap room. Yeah, we, we do at home base and then also at Columbia. And I think our, our take on that was, um, try to have a set cocktail list and some, you know, a few choices of wines, like carefully selected yeah. wines, just because we, I think what we don't want to be is a full bar. You know, we don't yeah. ever want to go the route of just being some some bar. Um, not that there's anything wrong with bars, but I think it takes us too far away from why we started this to begin with. Yeah, so, like, that is a line I think is kind of drawn with, well, while it's fine to mm-hmm. not have the tanks and stuff, I feel like if you do go full into mm-hmm. the like making it just another bar that kind of does then completely remove it from being a brewery. Totally. Well, and, and I think to, um, branding it as Kushwa Red Pies tap room, I think has shifted things even a little bit more. And I, I think a lot of people, I don't think we're watching it happen are treating it more like a restaurant. Um, you know, they're, they're, showing up specifically for food and having a, a beer or a drink or whatever, rather than like, Oh, it's Saturday afternoon. Like, let's go hit this brewery. Um, which again is, is totally fine. Um, and rad pies is, you know, Kenneth and, and his crew are leaning into that. And I think it's going really well. Um, we have some private event space down there, which is something that's fairly new to us. We're trying to juggle that, but because of Columbia having as many, you know, people and businesses and things, there's more of a demand for that and, you know, there than there is yeah. at Williamsport. Well, yeah, it's much, uh, it's a very different demographic mm. and then also much more densely populated area yep. than. Yeah. The Columbia has, uh, Howard County has two times the population that, uh, Washington County has and double the median income. Yeah. Very, very different area. <laughs> it's to- Yeah. It's not, it's night and day, you know, Western Maryland is, uh, it's it's almost like going into you know, once you cross the mountains, you know, it's it's uh it's almost like going to another state. Idiom Brewing Company proudly offers a delicious variety of beers to satisfy the most discerning tastes. Best known for their wide array of IPAs, delicious fruited sours, and robust porters and stouts. Idiom has a simple goal in mind to bring people from all walks of life together, to enjoy themselves and each other. Whether you're a hophead looking for explosively juicy IPAs or one of the adventurous few looking to try boozy, sour, or complex flavors, or just looking to enjoy classic styles and seasonal favorites, they'll have a little something for you. Idiom Brewing Company is located in downtown Frederick, just south of the intersection of East Street and East Patrick Street, with ample seating directly on Carroll Creek. Well, it yeah, And it's crazy because it's not that far, right. but it seems like that... like. Driving up that, sl- and it's so ridiculous to call it a mountain because right. it's barely an incline. <laughs> <Yeah. Yeah. laughs> that like it's such like a mental 
transition. Yeah. That it, that, and it, like, it's the same as like driving to Leesburg, yep. which is not far away. But for some reason, because you drive across that river, mm-hmm. it makes it seem like a whole nother world from Frederick. It's wild how geographic boundaries like that, even if they're not big, you know, geographic boundaries change uh, the way that people interact. I'm sure there's a sociologist somewhere out there that has a bunch of information about why that is, but it it's drastically different. You know, I mean, we, we Scott and Marcus are from um, PA, just across the PA line, and I, I grew up in Washington County, and um, we've seen a you know, it's, it's been a huge transition. It's, it's changed a lot, you know, in the last, I mean, I'm 44, but you know, the last 20 years specifically, it's, it's definitely become more progressive. And, um, we've had a lot of people move up because it's cheaper and, and, um, being able to telecommute help that and things. So it's, it is changing, um, mostly for the better, you know? Yeah. So. Well, you figure it as, uh, Frederick, becomes more and more uh, expensive and less affordable. Mm-hmm. You know, like the sprawl's just going to head that way, further yep. north towards Thurmont and yep. <laughs> out 70 towards Washington County. Yep. Yeah, and across <laughs> across the river in West Virginia too. You know, there's a lot of people moving to West Virginia because Washington County has gotten, you know, more expensive, still way more affordable than when compared to Frederick, but, you know, West Virginia is then even more affordable. Yeah. So uh, there's been a, there's been a, you know, a shift to, to people moving over there. So you had said uh, Rad Pies is doing some different things at the tap room in Columbia, as opposed to the Williamsport one, what types of different things are they doing? Um, they're getting into some more sandwiches and they're going to do some pastas. And um, I think he has some other stuff in mind that he's going to be turning out that hasn't really been announced, but um, just trying to shake it up a little bit, you know, um, obviously people love pizza. I love pizza, yeah. but it's nice to have other options too. Um, so I think they're, I've heard people say you can only eat so much pizza. I would, I would, I, would, <laughs> I mean, I would push back on that. Um, yeah, well, like working in a place that has pizza, I can attest to you can only eat so much okay. pizza. <laughs> Maybe it's just because I've never been around it every single day that I don't feel like there's a yeah. cap. And it's, it's <laughs> it's you know, obviously, like I, I think they, they do an awesome job with pizza um, and so do others. Uh, they, they do really well. Um, I just think like with us, um, serving cocktails and wine and things, it just gives them a little more uh, breadth. You know, their their menu's just a little deeper and um, gives people options. Are you doing draft cocktails or are they mixed to order? Uh, it's a mix of both. The stuff that they've been running through um, quickly down there, they're batching, but I can't tell you which ones they are because I don't I don't know exactly. Yeah. It's not it's not really your wheelhouse within the business, I don't, right? I don't have a ton to do with Columbia, you know, day-to-day stuff at all. Um, you know, obviously the three of us have made decisions and, yeah, um, but the minutia of right. operating. Right. Yeah. I don't you gotta uh, keep them supplied with beer. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, and that was the other, that was one of the other things about, um, running, you know, if, if we put another system down there, we would need to have at least one person brewing down there. And then that person would fall under me and I'd kind of be split between two places. And then I was worried about consistency issues and things. And, um, my, 
it, you know, my, my, my job is in Williamsport yeah. my day to day is there. And I, I just don't, I feel like, um, splitting time between the two locations wouldn't be a good thing for me or, or my, my crew there. And you know, that all trickles downhill into, you know, potentially the beer and other things. So it just, definitely seems in, in Kushwa specific, uh, instance, there would be way more downside than upside yeah. to from, from, from almost every every aspect. Right. I think so. Yeah. So we ultimately just, you know, we didn't go that route. What's the uh, capacity there? I don't know. Because it's pretty big, it, right? Yeah, it's it's a fairly large uh, tap room. It's it's a couple hundred. Yeah, I thought I'd, I've only been there a few times, but I think I was only in the one part Cause it's kind of like sectioned off in the two areas, right? A little bit. Yeah. We, we opened it up, um, slightly, but it is still kind of separated and that, that other, uh, you know, the quote unquote, the other room, um, which is just a big open doorway to get into, but it, it's actually interesting watching people come in because a lot of people don't go into that other room and I don't, I don't know why again, maybe it's just <laughs> that there's a wall, yeah. and, you know, whatever, but, um, that's the spot that we're using for private event space and things. It's open for anyone to go there um, at any time. Um, there's really cool art in there. Um, and there's some, you know, huge TVs that um, they're doing some sports and things on. That's oh. another shift is, I mean, we have TVs in Williamsport, but we've never really done, you know, like big sport things or whatever. But um, I think they're, they're doing a little bit of that down in Columbia. That's what, I, what what is the mural there? I forget. We've got uh, we've got a few. We've got okay. uh, the Point Break scene where they're skydiving. That's I think that's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, we've got a Pulp Fiction scene. Uh, we have a Teen Wolf scene, and we have uh, Beastie Boys. The beat no the Beastie Boys is what I was thinking because that's the one I think I most recently saw a photo of that uh, someone posted. Every ever since we opened this place. So like the last eight years, I've been asking for a Pulp Fiction mural, and uh, <laughs> I, I finally, I that's finally, all you wanted. I finally got. Yeah, I may as well just sell my shares and peace out. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I've, I've, uh, I've hit the the top of the mountain. So, um, we just we we wanted to take an opportunity to um, use it as an opportunity to take what we've learned over the last you know seven years and apply some of those things to Columbia. Um, they're running the tap room a little different, you know, they're, they're doing some things down there, um, QR codes and other stuff that we don't have in Williamsport. Um, and the, it feels different. Um, I love, I love our tap room at home. Um, Columbia gave us an opportunity to just switch it up a little bit. It's, you know, it feels a little more cozy. The artwork is completely different. Um, you know, we wanted to make it, we wanted to make it a different experience for people. So it's not like, Columbia East and or I'm sorry, like Kushwa East and Kushwa West. Um, but, well, I mean, but still. As, as what you touched on earlier about the demographics just being so different in the two areas, you kind of would have to tailor it to to a different clientele, right? More or less. Yeah, yeah. I think I think so. Um, you know, one of the I think one of the things. I, have you ever been to Heist? No. Okay. So heist has some of the, the coolest artwork of any brewery that I've ever been to. Um, they have some photorealistic murals down there. Um, I, th I think it might be like 
spray paint. I don't know what, what they use to do it, but they have some unreal um, murals in that place. And after, after we saw that, I was like, this is what, this is what I want to do somewhere. Um, and we always thought about maybe doing it back in the production space just because I wanted to do it. And you could maybe see it from the tap room, but we just never followed through on it. But Columbia gave us an opportunity to do that. I mean, there's still some pretty cool artwork in Williamsport. Oh, yeah, yeah. All yeah. the good low murals yeah. are awesome. Absolutely. That guy rocks. Um, we just got to do it a little bit differently. Yeah. Is that who who did the, the ones in Columbia? Is it someone more local to out there or is it a... Um, it, it's some, I'm going to look it up because I, I don't want to I don't want to mess up her name. Um, wonder if you tapped. Her last name's Baker. Um, she's her Instagram handle is yes Baker Y E S B A K E R. Um, she's awesome. Um, I did not work directly with her. Scott did, so I'm I don't know her as well as he does. Um, but uh, she did she did a phenomenal job for us. She's from Baltimore. Oh, her Instagram's pretty cool. People yeah. should go follow her. Um, so speaking of seven years, uh, you have seven year anniversary coming up. Very or when's the official date? It's coming up, right? It hasn't already passed. Yeah, it'll be uh the twenty seventh of this month. So Saturday the twenty seventh. Uh, in Williamsport. Well, no, I mean the, like the, uh, is that your actual official uh, anniversary or is. Yeah. It's Saturday the 25th. That's a good question. I don't remember. I, I want to say, I think it's the 27th. Um, it just so happens to be on my son's birthday. Um, I, I feel like when we opened, might've been the, might've been the 25th because we like, it did like a soft opening. And then I think, like that Saturday was the quote unquote official day. So I, I think it's the 27th. Okay. But the, the, we're celebrating it this month on the 27th and, um, we're doing kind of like what we did for the fifth anniversary, um, having a, you know, like an invitational for a bunch of our friends from all over the country to come in and serve their beer. You know, lots of cool stuff that, um, Maryland may not see on a, you know, regular basis or ever. Yeah, there were some because I mean that's a one of those things COVID kind of made happen where the rare and sought after beer was made a lot more readily available with mm -hmm. the expansion of distribution. But there's still a decent listing of people that mm -hmm. uh, I don't think I've ever seen it have anything in Maryland. Yeah, I would say. I don't know, at least a third of the list, you know, are, are um, buds that don't don't send beer here. And the, a lot of the ones that do send a couple skews or things on the rake type thing and they don't send one-offs or whatever. So we try to ask everyone, if, if you do distro to Maryland on a regular basis, send us something maybe that's, you know, you don't generally send or don't yeah. ever send. That way people can experience something else. There's actually a few people on the list that I'm not uh, familiar with. Who? Well, now I gotta find it again. Oh. Yeah, 
Interchange Tiki Bar. Who are they? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Wild East Brewing. I'm not familiar with them at all. Uh, Wild East is awesome. Wild East is in Brooklyn, and they're very close to Finback. Um, uh, They have three owners, but uh, Lindsay, who is one of the owners, I met down at Little Beer, Good Words Fest, down in Duluth. And um, she's awesome. Uh, their beer rocks. I was able to, when we went up to Green City for other half, um, Lindy and I went over and um, drank a, a ton of beer at Wild East. They, they just, they slay. Uh, lagers, the, honestly, just about all styles. Um, you know, they just about make, they make most styles and they were just really solid. Like uh, some of the English styles, other things were just spot on. Uh, and Seek Beer Company. Um, Seek's out in San Diego. Okay. Um, yeah. I feel like I I think I know Sojourn. Yeah, Sojourn is, uh, do you know Jensen? You know Jensen. Jensen oh, that's yeah. okay. Yes. That's Jensen's right. spot. That I do know. Jensen and Mike. I haven't had any of their beer, but yes, I know. that. That's why it sounded familiar, but I wasn't yeah. completely, because I've talked to him. Where, when did that open? It's not. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, they've, yeah, they've just been doing collabs with people. Gotcha. Um, so we um, we have an upcoming collab with, it's not with Sojourn, it's with Highside Jensen's Restaurant because yeah. um, they're getting ready to celebrate an anniversary. Um, but Jensen's yeah, a great dude. Jensen is awesome. And Mike, the other guy. Do you know Mike, Polly? I, uh, I might have met, I believe so. Okay. I think at, at something Jensen mm-hmm. introduced me to him. He's got uh, he's got a cool background, sm- really smart, like very good technical brewer. So I think they're they're gonna make good stuff. Uh, so give all the details of the the little part of the celebration. Uh, it's gonna be January twenty seventh, uh, twelve to four. Tickets are 65 bucks a pop. We're not doing a VIP. Um, that becomes a lot to juggle. And I don't, I don't know, you know, some people want it, but I don't think it's that big of an attraction. And, and it, it's honestly, it's a ton to plan on our side. Yeah. And obviously if, if we do it, we want to make it worth you it. You want to make it worth, like you don't want it to be just a cash grab. You want exactly. to make it actually worthwhile. And if, right. if you look at like other festivals like this mm-hmm. that have the VIP, there's, it's not an insignificant amount of added work. No, to- <laughs> it's, it's, it's another, it you know, it's almost like twice the work to be honest with you. And not, it's not that we don't want to do the work, but it's, it's definitely that we just, if we do it, we want to provide the value for people. So they feel like they got mm-hmm. what they paid for. Um, I think we can, you know, we've been to, a ton of these things at this point yeah. and kind of like picked apart all the things that we think work for us and the location that we're at and things like that. Obviously it's regional and different people in different cities can do things differently because of the, you know, their, their client base. But, um, so anyway, we just chose to go with, uh, just a, a GA setup. Um, it's 12 to four, just again, when you get into five, six hour festivals, things get a little, they, they go a little yeah. off the rails. Um, from every standpoint, yep. like the people pouring yep. are exhausted because yep. I mean, it's not just like it's physically tiring, but then just the having to be on because yep. everyone wants to talk to you. Like if you're from that brewery, everyone wants to talk to you yep. and talk to you about your beer, which is, can be exhausting just because you're is. mentally focusing to not be disengaged. Yeah. 
and well, then the zombies come out, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and be, people are uh, not capable of uh, handling their alcohol for the five six hour times. Some, some people often some people's kids, man. Yeah. <laughs> so it it definitely four hours is a good. I think solid time frame where uh, it's enough time that people can scoot around and try a ton of beer. Um, this this one's going to be a little smaller than the last one. Um, we're it's a smaller space, and we're we're just going to make it like quote unquote more intimate, I guess. But for, with four hours, you have plenty of time to get around, try everything, have fun, um, and it's a good middle ground for like you said, the people attending and also the the people pouring. Um, so yeah, and where is it located? Uh, we're going to do it in our, uh, warehouse that's adjacent to our tap room. Okay. So it's, uh, it gives us an unlicensed space to do what we're doing. Um, and, uh, I don't know, kind of gives people maybe a little peek behind the scenes. Um, it'll extend into like our dry storage where our grain and stuff is. And, um, the space that we're having it in is going to be, uh, an expanded kitchen space for rad pies. They're going to put a like a dough kitchen there okay. in the future. So it's, 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 it's not, it's kind of mid construction to be honest with you, but it, it's, it'll be a cool spot. Is it, have you always had it or is this new, newer acquired? Uh, we've always had it. It was, okay. it's where my gym was. Oh, okay. It, All right. That, I know where. it's that room. Okay. Um, it looks a little different now cause we tore the, the, the separating wall down and, um, took, took some, you know, other like utility closet and some other stuff out of there. So it's, it's just a big open space at this point. I know, I know what you mean now. So you'll be, the tap room will be open to the public at Mm -hmm. the same time also. Yeah. We wanted to, we wanted to leave that option open just because we, we, we do have locals that don't have any interest in a festival, but they want to come by and just grab a beer and some pizza. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So yeah, the, the tap room will be open that day. Um, if we luck out and it's nice outside, you know, I mean, around here, you never know. It could be 10, which it was for our fifth anniversary. Yeah. Or it can be 70 <laughs> degrees. Exactly. So <laughs> then people can spill out into the, the outdoor area. God, your fifth anniversary is so damn cold. <laughs> it, I think it's, I think it, well, it's definitely the coldest beer festival I've ever been to. I'm sure somebody's is colder, but um, maybe Drecker <laughs> or Anchorage. Which could, I mean, because <laughs> it's in April and I'm going to, I'm going to, bet that it is it can it probably has the same type of swings in yeah. april out there as it does in maryland in yeah. january yeah i didn't get a chance to go to drecker last year ben went for us but i'm gonna go this time um i i've wanted to go there but with their hotel open i want to go check it out yeah i really want to go check out the brujala yeah place looks awesome um so yeah we'll we'll uh try to try to have it set up and and hopefully uh in a way that if it is nice there's plenty of room outside for people to hang out and um we kind of branded this as a like took a casino theme um just because it's our seventh so yeah. we did like triple sevens and things like that um probably set up a couple casino games just for fun you know obviously we can't gamble but just like for some some activity for people to do and have a good time we'll have a dj like we did at the fifth and dj busy dj busy uh, same DJ that did the fifth anniversary. That guy's good. He uh, he's really good at reading the room. I don't remember the DJ. You drink too much. 
No, it was too cold, I think. (laughs) Your your brain was frozen. So the the one thing about the cold, this has, you know, this is insignificant, but the the funny thing about that day for me, what's two things? When we had to shovel the grass, uh, we, we, it took us a week to get that thing in order because we had to, so we had to shovel the grass cause the people that, uh, we rented the tents from won't set tents up on grass. So, or I'm sorry, won't set tents up on ice and snow. Okay. So we literally had to shovel grass <laughs> and it was a huge area and it, yeah, was, it was all ice. That tent was humongous. It was, ter- it was terrible. <laughs> like it was, it was the prep work behind that was absolutely horrendous on our side it makes for a good story. And like looking back, it's like, it's funny now and whatever. But when we were going through it, it was just, it was, it was an unreasonable amount of, yeah. of work and stress. Um, you really should open during the summer. Yeah, I know. Well, <laughs> yeah, so uh, we're, we're often, there's always like one or two people that remind us of that. They're like, why do you do your anniversary in January? And like, uh, uh, it's kind of <laughs> when it, kind of when it happens, how anniversaries work, <laughs> yeah. you know, like I, I don't, I didn't, I didn't set the tone for anniversaries, so I, you know, I can't answer that. But uh, the other thing was, we bought a pallet of ice, obviously for for people to, you know, have ice at yeah. their stations and things. And none of it got used. It sat outside of the tent, and I had to go back the next day and break an entire pallet of ice up with a sledgehammer oh, because the bags are there, yeah, right? Yeah. So I have to like that's trash. I'm gonna throw that all away. So it it, it was. I'm, I was kind of like laughing, crying. And it probably it. melted enough from being in sun yes. so that it would then refreeze huge into boxes. solid blocks. Yeah, yeah it was <laughs> another thing that was like, you just, all you, you can't help but just laugh at it. The venue and the layout, though, was amazing. It's a cool spot. It's just, um, un- yeah, it was, it was an unwieldy day yeah. in general for a, for a bunch of reasons. Um, the, uh, the, the cleanup, it's very difficult to clean up uh, frozen beer and vomit. Oh God! <laughs> I know it's disgusting, I right? Yeah, I I, uh, I hesitate to say it because I don't know if that's podcast worthy. But the mm-hmm. next day, when everything's frozen, because you have to heat things up to clean yeah. them, and like it was, it was pretty terrible. And the people that run the barn weren't super enthused with um, how it looked the next day. But I will say, we cleaned that place spotless. We yeah. spent an entire day with, you know, uh, like all three of us and Buckets people from our crew. water. <laughs> yeah. Like we, we did, I mean, you know, it's the right thing to do. Yeah, it's yeah. not like a pat on the back thing, but we, we would never have left it like that, but it was, it was definitely, it was a tough day. <laughs> it was an awesome time though. The, in spite of, you just had to go to the bathroom every once in a while to warm up because it was the, the it was, warmest place on the at the facility. It's kind of funny to see people <laughs> huddling in the bathroom drinking yeah. beer because it's warm there. <laughs> Um, but I, I think, I think most people, I, I had never heard other than people joking about it. I never had anyone come up and be like, Hey, that festival was terrible. No, you I've know. only heard people like use as a punchline yeah. about how cold it was, yeah. but not like in a, like a complaining about it. Way. Right. So I think, like I said, I think this year is going to be a lot less raucous and you know, that fifth year, a lot of things converged at that point. Um, you know, it was toward the end of COVID and people had been holed up for so yeah. long that everyone just wanted the hell out of their house and wanted to do something. Yeah, Cause you sold out of tickets pretty damn quickly. Like didn't a you? week and a half. We yeah. sold like 450 tickets. <laughs> um, so uh, like that was a driver of that. Um, it was the first big party that we had ever thrown. And so a lot of our local crew, you know, uh, re- was really pumped about it. 
now. Obviously, things have been quote unquote back to normal, whatever, for a while. So there's there's not people um, chomping at the bit to get out of the house. Uh, but beer festivals have changed. You know, like the landscape of this entire thing has has changed changed fast and it changed drastically. Yeah, there's so few that can still reliably sell out. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think we're going to quote unquote sell out. I think, you know, we've, we've sold a decent amount of tickets. Um, you know, uh, I don't have a number. I don't remember, but Mar- Marcus, Marcus in charge of that. But, um, I mean enough to make it worthwhile for us to do and also not have it feel weird for, for people. Yeah, Cause you need some like, like critical mass yeah. of people. <laughs> so it's not like a middle school dance where there's <laughs> just people standing on the other side of the room. And right. <laughs> uh, and you know, the, the brewers and people that work at breweries, uh, are traveled out. People are, you yeah. know, I mean, we, people that run on this circuit and I'm, I'm not even close to one of the ones that, that does the most of them. But when festival season's happening, I'm, I'm usually in a different state two weekends a month or something like that. And after a while it's, you know, it's, it's work. Like you were saying, it's being on is hard and it's awesome to go do these events. And we're obviously super appreciative to be invited to them. It's cool to see our friends um, but it takes you away from work, you know, that you have at yeah. home, family, um, it's expensive, things like that. So brewers have calmed down, I would say, uh, they've, they've limited some of their travel. So I think we've got, we've got half the breweries sending someone this time. Last time, I think we had probably 90%. This time's maybe half. There's also uh, tactical brewing in Florida is having a and a thing the same day. Uh, and, uh, for some reason people would rather go to Florida than come to Hagerstown. That's weird. And it's I mean, lame. It's, super lame. Yeah. I mean, come hang out in the cold for sure. In Western Pennsylvania. Yeah. I mean, we've got the Potomac. That's kind of <laughs> yeah. like a beach. Yeah, basically the same thing. Well, I don't <laughs> see a difference. There's water and land. Right. <laughs> so picky people. I don't know. Uh, I've never, I've never been to tactical, although I've been to Florida very few times cause I've never been there and I actually don't know, uh, them at all. I've had, uh, had some of their beer. I mean, they, they make great stuff. I met them at something, maybe Zool. I, I don't know. I met them somewhere along the line. They um, were either at Zool or Mortalis. Okay. Cause I met, I met them yeah. like briefly at something, but I, it was like, just in like, passing. I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't know them well either at all. Florida is like a whole nother world. It's America's basement. Yeah. <laughs> like, Sorry, Florida. Like, uh, they know. I think they're <laughs> proud of it, aren't they? I mean, I they... <laughs> yes, I, I think I think they're absolutely proud of it. It's it's funny. I mean, Florida's a blast, and I don't know how. One of the things that's always struck me as odd is one of the hottest states in our country is famous for pastry stouts. You know, like the, yes. some of the best All pastry the, yeah. stouts and the, mul- multiple breweries that yeah. make some of the best pastry stouts in the com- in the country. And usually place. very high ABV ones yeah. too. Not even yeah. like just like they're taking a five percent and pumping a bunch yep. of yeah. <laughs> adjuncts into it. Yeah, it's like hanging out on the beach in a hundred and five degree weather with a hundred percent humidity, drinking fourteen percent barrel aged pastry. Yeah. So I don't know how that happened. I, I'm guessing it's a water thing. I've never I don't think I've ever actually even asked someone that down there, like, hey, why do you think this is? Um, but yeah. Uh 
there's a ton of really good breweries in Florida, obviously. I can't think of any reason why it would be. My water is my only guess. I, I honestly have no idea. You know, and, and like the water chemistry down there lends yeah. itself well to it. Yeah, I would assume. Um, well, that's or, that's a total guess. I could be wrong about it. Um, the only other thing I could think is that you have um, early on like uh, Funky Buddha, um, and what's the other one down there? Um, some of the ones, uh, one or two, that started big stouts very early on, and maybe that just kind of set a tone, and then oh, people yeah, followed suit. It became popular at those, and then yeah, other breweries opened, like, oh, people like these, let's right. make them. Yeah, because they're not, like, yeah, like, people around here make them, but it's not big like some of those breweries where they just pump them out it's one hard. after another. It's, it's a weird, around here... Again, I think, you know, lots of things are regional, but it's, I feel like in this area, people want you to have one. If they come in and you don't have one, they're like, why don't you have a big stout? But, but then they just want to drink four or five ounces of it and then, and then move on. Right. So we, it's hard for us to burn through big stouts. What, what's your real pop? Rambo? Rambo. Yeah. Okay. We do That's, have we have two variants of Rambo coming out for the anniversary. That's that we start. It's a thirteen percent milk stout, and it's we started that. That's actually Scott's beer. Um, that's one hundred percent Scott's beer, um, and that's from back at the original location, right? Yeah, I remember we, having that. Yeah, our first the, year in is he home brewed that, and then we brewed it on our um, half barrel system over in the old <laughs> spot. Um, cause we, we didn't need three and a half barrels of it. And honestly, it was hard to, it was hard to replicate on the bigger system that, that little system, you know, every, every system has its like quirks and ins and yeah. outs and things. And it just, um, it was hard to do. So we just brewed on that, that little teeny system. And now, now we brew seven barrel, we have a 15 barrel system, but we brew seven barrel batches of it and, um, basically just like split it up. We'll kick it off. Just it differently. Yeah, kick it off still and then do different things. So, like, this anniversary we'll have, like, base Rambo, um, and then we're going to have a um, vanilla version. That's, a, yeah. What, uh, do you have other special beers that are coming out for it? We have, yeah, we do. We have. Because uh, don't you, you have a few collabs that are coming out for it, right? Yeah, we have, a, we have another half collab, double IPA. Um, that we brewed at our place. Uh, we have an Amani collab. Uh, Amani's a brewery uh, over in uh, Martin. Technically, it's Martinsburg, West Virginia. It's it's on the outskirts of um, Kurt and Chrissy Kimbrell own it. They're some of my best friends. Uh, pre-brewery. Um, they have a little farm over there. Super cool spot. Kurt makes great beer. Um, this is his first collab, so uh, we wanted to do something fun with him. Um, we brewed a beer... The beer we brewed with them is uh, something that we're actually entering into the Phantasm Cup, um, so that's that's kind of double duty. It's an anniversary release, and then something we're we're putting out to um, a competition. I'm not familiar with the Phantasm Cup. What's that? It's uh this is the second year for it. So uh, the 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 people um, that invented Phantasm um, started their own little competition, and basically. Uh, to enter, you just have to brew a beer that um, had that you know. Phantasm is an ingredient in 
and uh, send it to them and they blind judge it just like you know, any other competition. Um, if you win, uh, you win two tickets to New Zealand uh, for, nice. yeah, for like hop harvest down there. Um, yeah, and there's a couple other like runner-up type prizes, but it's it's neat, you know, and it's something that's an ingredient we don't use a lot of, um, but it's fun to mess with and try different yeast strains that we don't usually use and some other things, you know, try some different processes and things. So um, that one will be fairly unique. One, you know, one of the things that we hear a lot of, and I think a lot of breweries get it, is you know, you make all these hazy IPAs, they all look the same, they all taste the same. They, you know, it's, the, yeah. it's the same type thing. Which on one hand I understand, but on the other hand, there's a couple things. One, the ingredients that make those things, uh, there's certain ingredients that are good. So we use the certain ingredients for a reason because it turns out good beer. The other thing is when you drift away from certain things, people are like, oh, it's too dark. It's too this, it's too whatever. So, you know, we kind of fall into our own groove. We've got our own process just like everybody else does. Um, So the phantasm thing. Um, it's fun just cause it's totally different. Um, we have, a did a Dewey collab, um, on a fruit beer. Oh, I'm trying to think, I think, I think that might be it for collabs. Oh no, Widowmaker. Um, we brew with, we brew with them a lot. Um, that crew is, they're some of my favorite people in the industry. Um, love those guys. That's where Brady went. Yeah. When he left. Mm-hmm. He's living up there brewing for Ryan and Colin. I, I've like I've really liked everyone I've met from there. They're awesome. They're just you know that's not me just saying that. Like they're just they're great guys. Um, it's it's kind of uh, interesting the evolution of the use of phantasm. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like the early on beers of it all had like a very exact taste. They all tasted exactly the same, and I would not categorize it as very good i was not i was <laughs> i was not a fan of the early yeah phantasm beers uh but i i feel like that it's an ingredient that as more people experimented with mm-hmm. and developed different techniques or combinations of other stuff that it 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 adds a a cool layer of complexity and like a differentiation of what was originally created with it yep yeah i think you know as with anything when you <laughs> when you first start using things you don't know how much or when yeah. or you know I think what it, temp and i'm bet i i'm betting too much of it was probably the problem because like every beer just had like one note to yeah. it and it i think that's that's yeast driven as well you know a lot of these um genetically modified strains um come off you know the the um the goal is like thial you know production and um which i still don't quite understand what it's it's complicated um and ultimately though i think that um i mean it's not complicated like people couldn't understand it but it's it's just different that whole thing is just different than like you know hops barley yeast water type thing I, i tried to have um the sapwood guys explain it to me because I figured like they were probably the best people to ask 100%. and I still didn't understand what the <laughs> hell they were talking about. Uh, and I'm just, it's probably, I'm just dumb. So <laughs> I don't, they're, uh, those guys are smart. 
they're super smart. Yeah. Um, I actually, I, I, you know, we, we are friends with them and we, we occasionally will like ask each other questions, but I'm sure it's lopsided and I ask them more questions <laughs> yeah. than they ask me because certain things will pop up and I'll get in touch with them and just be like, Hey, this thing is happening or whatever. What's your take on it? And turn you, to my, turn to page, blah, 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 exactly. my book. And you'd have yeah. the answer, Garrett. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, I will say I have, I have read both of their books. Um, I have a copy of both of them. They're great. There's a ton of really good information in there. I mean, I don't, Mike's book, we don't, we don't make a lot of that type of beer. Um, so I don't get to put it into practice, but Mike's just, being the sour, the definitive sour book. I, yeah. I don't know that I've ever been like back in the production area of a brewery and not seen that book on a yeah. brewer's desk. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, uh, there's some really, um, cool information in there and he, both of them pulled and, you know, uh, interviewed lots of really intelligent people. So it's packed full of, um, you know, fun facts and other things, but just applicable information. So, I mean, we have both of those books in our brewery and we use them as resources. Yeah. And I think a lot of people do, you know, there's, they're, uh, they're very, they're very smart guys. So how, what's the best way for people to keep up to date with the happenings at Kushwa Brewing Company? Uh, social media, you know, like everybody's like standard, yeah. like Instagram, Facebook. Um, we don't, we had a Twitter account at some point, but, or X or whatever. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't think we do anything <laughs> like that anymore. Um, yeah, but everything's kind of like crossed over between those two. And that's where people can go to get some tickets, right? Yep. Yeah. The links on our profile in both of those places. Um, and then, uh, Marcus did it through Eventbrite. So you just cruise over there and buy the tickets. Um, yeah. Is there any anything else going on that we haven't covered that you want to talk about? Um, I don't know. You know, I think uh, I think something that you know may pe people may not know much of is um, our industry is is undergoing some massive changes, and it's happening in a lot of different ways. Um, so we're all trying to adapt to, to, uh, those changes. Um, you know, our ingredient costs across the board are all up, you know, there's price pressure, uh, externally to lower thing, you know, so yeah. like we're getting squeezed and not, that's not at all me going like crying, you know, poor mouth or whatever, but it's, it is something that's happening and, um, you know, we're, we're kind of dealing with inflation as everybody else is. Yeah. So we're, we're trying to do the, the best that we can with some of that stuff. Um, you know, we've, we've tried to keep price increases to a, a minimum through the years. Um, you know, but that money, it's not like we're just, uh, Scrooge McDucking it, you know, it's, it's, yeah. uh, you know, that goes to races for employees and things like that. It's something I, I'm, I've been seeing a lot pop up. I just read an article the other day about, craft beer prices and other things. And I, again, like I, I'm not at all, um, looking for like a sympathetic response to that. I just kind of hope that people understand that, um, we're, we put our, you know, blood, sweat and tears into this and, uh, we work our asses off to do all the things that we do. And we're really proud of what we do. And, um, you know, we're kind of challenged with a lot of that stuff right now. So, um, 
you know, I, I hope I, I appreciate everybody sticking sticking it out with us, and we've got a lot of really great customers, and um, we'll just try to continue to do do the best we can with what we got. It's it's definitely a rough landscape. Like I didn't realize I I hadn't realized that like Ingenius's last day was yeah. over the weekend. It's crazy that some of the some of the names you know like Pontoon looked like it was going and they yeah. they sounds like they got it back together uh you know but some of the names through the years um it's it's kind of shocking you know we've had a couple friends barrel culture um that one you know was super surprising um you know and and there's other you know quote unquote like more local breweries or you know whatever people people are struggling yeah i don't i don't think there's anyone that would say they're doing amazing right now. I don't think and so. At least I haven't met any. Like even even places I thought mm-hmm. were like in, yeah. in conversations like the, yeah. the owner would express like just how right. bad it actually is going. You know, I think when we get together at all these events, obviously we all talk and things and and it's yeah, it's the you know, the across the board everybody's seeing, you know, tap rooms slow down a little bit, distros slow down significantly. Um, some of that is a hangover from COVID distro because like you mentioned earlier, a lot of breweries started, uh, opened up new markets and I don't know if they flooded the markets, but they sent a lot of beer and the retailers in wanted aggregate. It was yeah, flooded, right? Like maybe not individual breweries exactly. flooded, but as a whole, right. the industry flooded the market for yep. sure. Yeah. So when that started happening, you could get more Talos, you could get Widowmaker, you could get Drecker, you could get, you know, I, whatever name, pick the brewery and name it. Yeah. But all of a sudden, this stuff was sitting on a shelf in your store. Retailers were pumped because people were going to go ape over it, and people did. But that didn't, you know, it, it kind of like hit, it, it peaked a lot faster than what people expected. So, you know, retailers are still packed to the gills with inventory. Um, distributors are still sitting on, you know, like yeah. the, the whole like supply chain um, is is kind of clogged up. Um, I think it'll work itself out. But, you know, some breweries have pulled out of markets and things like that. But that's that's some of the behind the scenes stuff, again, that that people may not you know, realize, you know, and I get it. You know, a lot of people don't care. They just want to drink. Beer. Yeah. Just I get buy it. Some beer I totally, totally yeah. understand that. Um, they got their own problems to worry about a hundred percent, you know? <coughs> um, so yeah, you know, again, I think more than anything, it's just, it's, it's been, it's been awesome to, uh, build a brand and have a, a, a brewery like we do where people are so loyal and excited to drink our beer and, um, we've built a great network of friends that, again, like we opened up a tap room in somebody else's town and they could have been like, you know, cool, yeah, you know, go like, away, get out of here, <laughs> you know, but I, we, we don't like your kind ex- here. <laughs> exactly. But you know, we, we've, we've been, you know, embraced by it. And so I don't know. Well, I would think they would look at it from a standpoint of like, Kushwa is going to draw people like beer drinking, like people right. who'd there's, I mean, there's still a decent amount of people who travel around to try breweries. Yep. And you're going to help pull people to that area that wouldn't want to drive all the way to right. Williamsport. Yep. Well, and one of the things, too, and this is something I should have mentioned earlier with Columbia, is 
we have a different liquor license in Columbia than we do in Williamsport. In Williamsport, we can't serve other people's beer on draft. Like we can't have, well, we can't, we can't sell other people's beer. Yeah. Um, so in Columbia, we can. So what, what we will be able to do is bring in some things from other people on, you know, not a regular basis, but, um, do special, yeah. special drops of right. your from time friends to time. in the industry. Exactly. So, you know, so from time to time and Scott's going to put a list together, uh, for like a quote unquote pre-party in Columbia, um, that they're just going to put some stuff on draft, you know, from friends and things, um, as well as like our anniversary beers, but we'll be able to have maybe some tap takeovers and things. One of the things like when we do collabs and we get people in town, I'd love to be able to have like five draft lines of their beer that day in Williamsport, but we can't, but in Columbia we can. So it'll be, that'll be a neat thing. Um, hopefully for, for customers, but also for us. It'd be a cool way too, like when, when you're having a festival like this to kind of give the Columbia people a taste of that festival also. Yeah, definitely. So I think, I think in the future what we'll end up doing is doing like a Columbia anniversary, you know, of some sort and then like a Williamsport anniversary. Um, so normally now I would ask you some stupid questions, <laughs> but I don't have any new ones and you were in that episode of stupid questions I released last week from kill the lights. I feel like it would be overkill. I think um, I've answered all your stupid questions. You definitely have at one point or another from all the like dedicated stupid questions at festival ones. Um, I, I, li- I like it. Honestly, I don't know. Do you, so I will say that we brewers, owners, whatever, get a kick out of that. It's just fun yeah. when we're all hanging out and drinking to like answer people listen. Questions. People lo- people who listen like it okay. also. That was my yeah. question. Like, do you get feedback and people yeah. really enjoy Yeah, it? I definitely get feedback specifically about the stupid questions okay. and people enjoy listening to them. Especially when especially the festival ones, because I think um most of the people who go there are pretty extroverted or yeah. they wouldn't be traveling around to serve right. at beer festivals. Sure. So like they're and the alcohol is flowing <laughs> while uh, <yeah. laughs> while those are during those ones. So the uh, those episodes are much more animated than just like ending the episodes with stupid questions. But I, st- I still get feedback that people really like that. Yeah. Although there was, uh, I don't want to, it would take me forever to actually find it. Um, but for a while, that is because every episode of Uncapped is ran in the newspaper, like part of it's transcribed to mm-hmm. promote the episode. Got it. And it used to always be those stupid questions. Oh. And there was someone <laughs> who had called in to the newsroom to complain about the Frederick News Post's coverage of beer (laughs) and then pointed out, but you do have the uncapped page in the entertainment section, but all he does is ask people about their favorite French fries (laughs) and stuff I don't care about. So there's there's at least one person out there that does not enjoy the stupid questions. That person must be fun at parties. Uh, but other than that, yeah, people do enjoy it because most of the time, especially the festival ones, they they get pretty hilarious. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I've I don't know. Like I said, I think we've we've always gotten a laugh out of it. 
Um, also, there was that one time when you uh, Frank told everyone he had to pee and then got yes. up and walked away and didn't come back. <laughs> I just love his thought process of instead of just getting up to go, like to <laughs> lean into the mic to announce that. Frank yeah. and a Frank. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm not going to ask you stupid questions because you've answered them all and anyone who listened to last week's heard because they know you have the wrong answer for the mm. for who would win between a ninja and a pirate. So do you have any questions for me? We flip around. Stupid questions. Me? Anything. Well, know? in my head I was like, man, I should I should just like bust some of those out on the fly, but I don't I don't do well with that. <laughs> I should take an improv class. Yeah. I don't I don't have any, but maybe next time, now that I know you're slacking on this, I'll yeah, I'll I'd, bring some of my own. Yeah, I should have prepared uh, myself too. Well, ultimately, it's kind of your fault because uh, you blew me off last week. Most so I, I readjusted the schedule and released that episode earlier than I had planned. So Fair enough. We'll just we'll blame this on you. I'll and, take that. Um, and that's why uh, everyone's disappointed now. <laughs> it's not I, so it, much I'm mad at you, Garrett. It's that I'm disappointed. <laughs> <You're just> disappointed. <laughs> uh, believe it or not, this happens to me a lot. So I'm, <laughs> I, I'll take that. All right. Uh, it's always a pleasure. Thank you so much for your time today. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Cheers. Yep. Cheers, guys. The Uncapped Podcast is produced by Graham Cullen and me, Chris Sands. Be sure to like us on Facebook. And if you've enjoyed these podcasts, please leave us a review on Google Play or the iTunes Store. A special thanks to Double Motorcycle for providing our theme music. Thanks for listening. Oh, my God. That's good.